0: Hello my soul-seeking friends, it's Shanna, thanks so much for listening to Sense of Soul podcast. Did you know that as a member of Sense of Soul Patreon, you get ad-free episodes? You will also be able to join me in our monthly live circles, listen to my mini-series and much more. And you will also be helping support this podcast so that I can continue to bring you inspiring episodes twice a week with amazing guests from around the world. You can also show me some love and rate, review, and subscribe from wherever you're listening. Now go grab your coffee. Open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today we have with us Alethea Pistis-Sophia. She's a mystic, a minister, and an author of Sacred Wisdom. She is joining us from her home, Les in the French Pyrenees, a bed and breakfast where individuals, families, and large groups can come and stay at the base of Montsegur, where Alithia unveils the tradition strongly rooted in the presence of Mary Magdalene, the Holy Sophia, and Christ. She is here to deepen your spiritual journey and to offer a safe space while doing so. It's my honor to have this beautiful soul with me today to talk about, the goddess of wisdom, our girl, Sophia. Hello. Hello.
1: Hi. 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 (laughs)
0: So lovely to finally meet you.
1: Likewise, my friend. (laughs) Likewise. Here comes the hen. (laughs) Did you say a hen? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, we rescue hens, and every now and again, I have to sort of extract one and bring her into the house so that she gets stronger. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I can't
0: even imagine the beautiful life that you live.
1: It's quite spontaneous.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Every day is
1: an adventure. (laughs) Well,
0: Mandy, you know, she podcasts with me for years, but we've been friends since we're 15. Well, I just talked to her right before I got on because I was telling her, I was like, Mandy, you have to read this book. It's like one of the best books I think I've ever read with Sophia.
1: Wow. Oh.
0: I think that maybe that vibration, the energy of Sophia was coming through and just I was connecting all the dots and, and feeling so very aligned with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, and it's interesting because I mean, just like you're all the way over in France. You know, I'm all the way over here. We live totally different lives. I don't have hens behind me, but I might have a few dogs or kids running behind me. Um, But how in this time, she has awakened within us. And it's beautiful, the journey, isn't it?
1: Oh my God. It's so nourishing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this journey
0: with Sophia was not something that I really seeked either. So this was... surprise to me because I grew up Catholic then I had fallen into just a bunch of synchronicities and just was leaning into them like I started to trust myself and as I did that there she was and then it was the journey to figure out who she is and there's not a lot out there but what there is out there can be very confusing yes so I went through like a period of solitude so that Mm. I could make the space and time to be able to process for myself without the outside world telling me. And so now what's happening is I'm attracting and I'm finding people who align with me.
1: Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, completely. Okay. <laughs> I know for myself, like like I was someone kind of different before. And so now I feel like I definitely have moved into this new version of myself. So what did that
1: transition look like for you? When I first met Sophia, it was at the beginning of my divorce. And I remember turning in and seeing my red scarlet Mary Magdalene and all the beauty and all the sensuality that she represented. And in a very sorrowful, you know, grief-ridden state, I said to her, Mary, I cannot go here with you. I need to meet your teacher. You are too beautiful for this. I need to meet your teacher. And inwardly, Mary stepped aside and all of her redness and exotic. Priestess, Miraformess, sidestepped out of vision. And then in came a dark silhouette that was warm and rich and velvety oh. and ancient. That's the key word. I could almost, you know, I'm into smells, but I could almost smell, wow, the musk. <laughs> I don't think I knew the word Sophia at that point, but I knew hand on heart, I was now meeting the one behind Mary. Wow. For myself, the goddess Bridget connected me to Sophia. Uh-huh. And I
0: had no idea who Bridget was either. It was all just very divine. Yes. But it's interesting that these younger, lesser goddesses. Yes. I've heard yeah. that before too.
1: Yeah. Then came the Gnostic mass and all the language that goes with Sophia, like, I cried out to thee, not even knowing if thee was a thee, and whether thee could hear me. And I'm like, oh, this woman has my number, (laughs) because it was the same for me. I'm praying, I'm going through the darkest period I've ever known, and I'm not even sure anyone's listening. And so here is this great goddess saying, me too. I know exactly what you mean. I too cried out, not knowing whether anyone was there. The story of Sophia,
0: specifically the Pistis Sophia's allegorical story, is something that everyone can relate to. Yes.
1: Yeah, it was that manuscript that really got me excited. And realized I'm on the right track with this one. (laughs)
0: sometimes i i laugh you know when i first heard the word
1: pistis sophia yes.
0: it was on a podcast and this beautiful lady bridget finclair she said that she taught courses on the keys of enoch and the pistis sophia mm. and i was so focused on the keys of enoch at the moment and i didn't even hear what she said after so <laughs> when i was editing her episode because for accent i heard priestess of fear and i thought who the hell's the priestess of fear (laughs) so i searched for it and then i'm like well forget about it i'm going back to the keys of enoch (laughs) and then it rolled from there and we laughed together because we've had other conversations just well, you could have thought that i said Pissed off Sophia, which I said, well, that would be understanding as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How did you come into even discovering
1: the Gnostic gospels? I can remember again, it's this same period, my divorce, where a Gnostic priestess laid me down. And you know, I'm I'm living here in the French Pyrenees, so I'm in Cathar land. She laid me down, she put her hands on me, and she started to Uh, recite the Gnostic Eucharist and and again she's speaking the words of Sophia which moved me profoundly I didn't know what she was speaking but at the end of the ceremony I said to her oh Shun what were those words where are you getting this from are you channeling Um, and she said no this is the Gnostic Eucharist and a majority of it has been taken from the Pista Sophia wow these words, they spoke directly to
0: your soul, your heart.
1: Absolutely. And because she was embodying the words, so I wasn't reading them off a page. Yeah, They were coming at me with passion and meaning mm-hmm. because Oshun felt, you know, I'm in a little bit of trouble. We need to bring some serious light to this soul <laughs> lying down on the ground. Yeah. my. Wow. Goodness and talk about the grief and the gratitude all at the same time. Mm, yeah, that duality, the
0: dark and the light, so very purposeful and beautiful in the same way.
1: Yes, and that this divine presence had been through this ordeal. We all go through this ordeal. Yes. It's a pattern, and there are a set of footsteps, divine footsteps, that lead the way through.
0: I see like now everything that had been happening for years, dreams, synchronicities, all the messages that I was receiving, they all started to add up. And it was like, she was always there. And I have to say that today, I can't imagine not having her.
1: Like, I don't remember what it felt like almost. Exactly. It's, It's like she's become, we've become one and the same. We're, oh. we're totally integrated. And now she's also part of the house, of oh, giant, giant house we bought about two years ago, an old Colony de Vacances, which used to be a Catholic summer oh. schoolhouse for children. It's beautiful. But what I'm doing is I'm turning it into a Gnostic mystery school. Yeah. So Sophia Holy Spirit, the Christ is being invoked even more than daily, you know, I'm saying, almost to the point of sweating, let this be your earthly abode. Be here, dwell here, bless every single person who comes here. Let them feel you, let them hear you, smell you, etc. That's
0: so beautiful. I can't even, how did you come to find yourself in this beautiful divine
1: space? Well, this region is like the forgotten corner of France. It's very remote and the property prices are very, very affordable. And I had read the O manuscript by Lars Mull, and I knew this great big property existed. And so my husband, Pete, discovered that it was for sale and really pushed in buying it. It was the time of COVID. So it was that sense of, well, why not? Yes. Why not? You know, what's, we got 101 reasons why not to. And so we just took that chance. We took that chance. We bought it. And I knew it had a spiritual presence. Mm. So it was just about stirring it awake again. And we've been on a, a huge journey ever since. Because you up the road, literally 10 minutes from here, is Chateau de Montsegur. So tell us about the Cathars. They could well be the spiritual descendants of Mary Magdalene, who was here, who is a mouthpiece of the Holy Sophia, who's part of this tradition that goes way back before Christianity, way back to the beginning. And so Chateau de Montségur was the last fortress that held the Cathars safe because there was a crusade against them. The Church of Rome wanted to exterminate the Cathars, this heresy, this this uh, lineage of Mary Magdalene and Gnosis, Sophia, wisdom. And so, you know, this is a great attracting presence, this castle. And we're on the road to the castle. So we get to meet all those people who are going up there because they are being called. It's a beacon. So- it's literally
0: up the road.
1: Like totally. I can walk there. There are so many Gnostic traditions here. It's quite open.
0: You know, you can have
1: these conversations. The heresy hasn't gone. So back in medieval times, it was called heresy. You are a heretic, which means to choose. And Mm -hmm. you just can't exterminate it. It just pops up again. There's a very strong Gnostic French church. Which is now out in the open, doesn't need to hide or run away anymore. I wonder if that will ever happen here. You know, we're so screwed up here in the States.
0: <laughs> but one of the interesting things I found was that there was a lot of connection to the secret societies. And I was very, very shocked.
1: I had oh, no yeah. idea how
0: to go down that road. Of course, most people have heard about like Da Vinci Code. Yes. In your bio, I saw something that was very interesting, the order of the dove. Mm. And so I have to ask you about the order of the dove, because throughout my journey, the dove was a very significant part.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Well, for me, the dove is the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. which is Holy Sophia, which is this feminine principle. I often say that doesn't need permission or recognition from any other source. I love that. (laughs) But this order of the dove Feels like there's something here in the French Pyrenees, absolute fact. Throughout history, whether it's Romans or Celts or Druids or Mary Magdalene or Cathars, these esoteric groups come to the Pyrenees, do their initiations, leave behind their wisdom in the land. And the Pyrenees seems to just like hold it as a depository system. And you get it back again by just walking around. So it's like a living library. And it's always been here. I mean, even the geologists can affirm the tectonic plates here are very active and behaving very unusual. The only other mountain range that behaves this way is the Himalaya, which again has another spiritual context. So it's we call it Le Monde, the other world. It's like the vesica pisces. And we're in that little eclipse. Oh where my the rules God. and the ways of living are just slightly different. Oh my God. Have you always talked this way? You talk so poetically and just so
0: beautifully. Oh my God. I'm gonna just like put you in my pocket. So, you know, I don't know if you heard about my stories with the Dove and my mini-series. There were so many beautiful, divine moments with the Dove. But then I had, like, this tragic moment with the Dove. So it was one night. I It was at nighttime. And actually, I had just got done researching the Jesuits and the Freemasons. And I got a warning on my phone. Mm. And it said, suspicious search activity. And I was like, okay. Well, I was just on like the verge of discovering a lot of things. And mm. I said, all right, I'm done for the night. I'm 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 a little, I have a little fear here. You know, that's weird. But then it's at night and my I opened the door. My son was letting his friends out. And I opened the door and on my porch drops a dove and it dies on my porch. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa.
0: And... Like the whole world stopped in that moment. I had been deeply within Sophia and can, had all these moments with the dove. It was very significant to me. So yes. here it, it just drops from the sky on my porch. My son yes. and I were like, what? I was devastated. And yes. I then I was in a lot of fear. But then yes. I had this moment two weeks later, I like to do art. So I found myself making this picture of Jesus mm. and for no reason. And so later on that night, I was like, you know what? I didn't have fear anymore. So I decided to go back into my search and continue. And I was like, I'm not going to let any dead dove stop me. So yeah. I begin my search again and all these things unfold. And the very next weekend, I'm on my porch watching my daughter play in the front yard. And there's this little baby bird trying to get to my porch. And it, it like sees me. So I get scared and it goes back and forth. And finally, I decided to be very, very still. And it was around our Thanksgiving time, and I had a harvest wreath up on my door. And finally, it makes its way, and it was a baby dove. It was Whoa. a new baby dove. There was two of them in my harvest wreath, and I had been seeing the lone dove. Mm-hmm. Um, since the one had died. And I was like, okay, so on my porch, I have a dead dove, and now I have a rebirth. Mm-hmm. It was like the darkness had lifted. Yes. Yes. I know what it means for me, and I know that that's really truly all that matters, but what do you get from that story about the dove?
1: I get your warning being delivered by what we call archons. Mm -hmm. I guess you've heard of archons. Purposeful little beings. (laughs) Designed to make us swerve any time we're getting close to our divinity influences. So they probably played their ace by dropping (laughs) the, the dead dove on your porch to frighten you off. But your spirit, being strong and bright and resilient, found its courage, found its fortitude and pursued on, and then... The baby dove comes along as if to say thank you for not vanquishing me, for not letting those pesky archons put you off. You went yeah. against your fear and you did it anyway. Which is much like Sophia. She yes. it does have
0: this very strong, relentless energy yes. to
1: return to
0: her wisdom and light within.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And if we're on this Sophia path, this Gnostic path, um, we will meet those archons. But Mm -hmm. truthfully, at the end of the day, they are our greatest allies because they're going to shape us, strengthen us, make us more and more resilient. They don't mean to, they want to make us swerve. Right.
0: Oh, but we are wiser if we are within our Sophia. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for saying all that because I've, shared the story. Yes. And I've never, you know, had any feedback on it necessarily. I mean everyone's just always like, oh my God. You know, yeah. I think that you're right. I mean, I did swerve off of my path for a good like week and a half, two weeks. Yes. And I did not put the connection with me just creating a picture of Jesus for no reason. I, I yeah. even made I showed people and they're like you just made that what you make it for and I'm like no freaking reason at all.
1: Yeah. He is her redeemer. He is her logos. So when mm-hmm. she does cry out, he comes, you know, in the form of consciousness, let's just say, or, or the living word. Yeah. So you know, maybe in your psyche, some part of you was calling out mm-hmm. for some assistance to interpret this. You painted okay. this portrait, and along comes Sophia as a little newborn Mm -hmm. to absolutely gift and grace you and to say thank you beautiful I tell you I really had to almost
0: rewire my brain the God as a masculine and only a masculine he the father yes there was no mother in it it's father son the holy spirit of course the holy spirit is a mother whenever have you had creation with just a father you know
1: it's almost
0: silly that we never
1: yeah thought that I mean, there's another step that could be taken, which is one I'm working with at the moment, that Mary Magdalene could have been Jesus's source of wisdom. Oh, I believe that too. He was the mouthpiece because at that time it could only have been him. Yes. Anyone would have listened to her. Mm -hmm. So we could go a step further and say she was the one with the map and the coordinates. Yeah, well, if
0: she was embodying Sophia, she is the first thought. Yes. Jesus being the word.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of important. Yeah. It's not to put Mary Magdalene as the you know the head honcho, but to say they did this together.
0: Have you seen the recent discovery from a religious scholar, Elizabeth Schrader? She has this conference that she did. It's called Women Erased on YouTube. I would recommend it to everyone. So she discovered in the Papyrus 66, the oldest book of John, that there was an error. There were well, there was 1,500 or whatever edits, but one it was significant and it changed everything. And mm-hmm. so actually there are some like Episcopal churches that are considering really changing that, but it makes Mary, the Magdalene, Mary of Bethany.
1: Yes. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then when you
0: look at like the church in Scotland, Helmar, that actually has the beautiful stained glass of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, and she looks pregnant and yeah. underneath it is a scripture about Mary of Bethany.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Wow. Wow. Good for Mary Magdalene to finally have a voice. You know, in this time right now, I got goosebumps as Sophia is as well. And so there is such a powerful thing going on right now.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm researching um, as many Magdalene's and Sophia's as possible. The many times in female history that a woman has popped up and has so obviously been that. My favorite at the moment is is one called Norea so she was noah's wife okay <laughs> she showed up with this again this voice this ability to speak to the archons and just hold them in balance and i think this is the big this is the big ecstasy for me that it's not about fighting it's not about duality if we're in duality we're in the game but The feminine, in my research, is the agent that balances the darkness. Not by winning, not by making things more light. She's got, there's something about her consciousness and her voice that just holds everything in check. And that there will always be a dance between the light and the dark. So this idea of getting rid of the dark is ridiculous. <laughs> but it's the feminine principle who holds everything in balance. I don't have nowhere near the answers I wish I could reach for, but a crack has appeared in the door. And yeah. and I'm oh Helen of Troy. She was apparently another Sophia. Mary Magdalene, obviously. But Norea. She's another very interesting woman but she burnt down the ark she burnt down noah's ark that's not mentioned <laughs> well i'm yes. surprised because since they blamed everything else on women I and mean, all the
0: scripture <laughs> yeah. surprised they didn't highlight that
1: yes well her name means fire and so fire. she has this spiritual fire because mm. she's got this voice this voice that is also able to speak the living word so that's my big inspiration at the moment. The forgotten women, right? Yeah.
0: You know, speaking about names, when I was looking into Sophia, I had found the Hebrew spelling of her name had part of my last name in it, Vav, V-A-V, like he And then my last name is Vav Ra. So Ra is the last, you know, which is the sun. Yes. But my first name I ended up discovering means the possessor of hidden wisdom. Whoa. So I've seen that you've gone by Anaya and now Aletheia.
1: What does these names mean to you? And tell me about the transition of those names and why. It was now- Anaya. Uh-huh. So now I've gone out, all guns are blazing. <laughs> and I've changed my name to Aletheia Pistos- uh-huh. Sophia. Aletheia is the old Greek name for truth. A loving, revealing truth. Uh-huh. pistus. Greek name for faith, Sophia, Greek name for wisdom. But this move to the house, I, I really do, I am quite serious when I say myself and the house are becoming one. I mean, I'm a person, oh, yeah. I feel like I'm becoming a place. <laughs> you got, you know, mum's living here, Petey, mm-hmm. my husband's here, there's, you know, over 70 odd animals here. So there's a part of me that feels really, really safe Mm -hmm. and at home. Mm -hmm. And it feels like I can just let go now of the character, the persona. I'm doing depth psychology at the moment. So I'm really getting to see, you know, everything that's operative. So I have a chance to just let it all go. And what if I just go out, you know, all in with this mystery school and become a place rather than a person? So truth, faith, wisdom. That's beautiful. It's a safe space you are. Yes, yes. Safety is very important to me. Integrity, impeccability, truthfulness, humility, if you do get it wrong. But it has to be real. It has to be genuine. No more false paths. No more false teachings. Right. In Have the wardrobe.
0: Talk about wardrobe. Used to be a
1: designer, Actually, right? Yes, 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 yes. Did you work with Madonna? Did I? Did I did I... make a dress for Madonna. <laughs> but That's you know, amazing. for us, that was a big reach. Um, one of our usual clients was Bjork. I don't know if you can remember Bjork, the little Icelandic lady. So I've always loved beauty. Mm -hmm. And I still love beauty. And beauty to me is still an absolute gift of divinity. Beauty Mm -hmm. heals, beauty softens. When you see beauty, the body relaxes. Hmm.
0: You know, recently I was thinking about how, you know, getting older, moving into my crone, I got grays that stick up here in the middle that I want to pull out, and I'm resisting, I'm not dying it no more, but accepting that part of my life. And it's so interesting that Sophia came into my life during this stage. I moved into the Crone, into wisdom, really, truly, and
1: I think that age is so beautiful now. Uh, well, I love the journey, and sometimes I really don't like it much at all. I'm 53 now, and I haven't done anything to nip or tuck or lift <laughs> or plump. I've done nothing. And, I, and I, yeah. I'd like to think I won't. I'm just going to go through bareback, so to speak. <laughs> Me but, too. Um, at the beginning of the menopause journey, it was tough. You know, it was like a white knuckle ride as the body and the skin. And, you know, the feminine parts of the body started to change. Libido changed. I used to be a little bit of a flirt. That left the (laughs) building. (laughs) But as you say, wisdom replaced it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that at the time. All I knew was just everything was dropping and Mm -hmm. leaving. And I was changing so quickly, so often. There was hardly anything to hold on to. I began my menopause journey at 42. I was going to say mine.
0: I've been going through it since 2020. Yeah. One thing I have to say that has been a blessing is that because of the hot flashes at night, I remember a lot of my dreams. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Looking on the
0: bright side. One dream was about the triple goddess. Which Mm -hmm. is something that I tapped into. Am I not playful enough? You know, tapping into that maiden version of myself. Yes. The cycles of a woman. When I explain it to people, they connect with it so much. So all of these teachings for women, for myself, the wisdom that came from knowing Sophia as a Mm. woman was so huge. Mm. And reading your book, I can tell that was for you too. Mm. Can you tell me, like, what are the most important aspects of Sophia that you think can bring to women today?
1: Ah, one of the things that I love about this journey is this little package in our DNA called the mitochondrial DNA. And it's a little package that gets passed from mother to daughter. So technically, women can and and still carry that little bit of DNA from the very first woman. So maybe she's called Eve, maybe she's called Zoe. So in us now, operative and swimming around in our soup is a living piece of that first woman. And again, through the Gnostic lens, that first woman was a daughter of Sophia. So it's part of our soup, (laughs) it's part of our microbiome, and it's what we will be passing on in some way, whether it's transmission, emanation, our own daughter, our own art. So that living template is just simply reproducing. I also feel that now that I'm the other side of menopause, so it's been 10 years now, Congratulations. (laughs) Very much. (laughs) The character that I thought of as myself was colored and shaped by my sexual hormones. Mm -hmm. Now that they've gone quiet, the real self can start to be remembered again. Like last time I was here as a kid. You know, I had this kind of teenage and youthful 20, 30, 40 something persona. And now I've come back to my real self again. And that wisdom is just brimming and spilling. It's so available, I feel, to the feminine woman and those of a feminine persuasion. It's, it's just, it's falling over itself to make itself known. And is that the mitochondrial DNA? Because men who have a very strong feminine have a few trace elements of it. They don't have the whole thing, but a few trace elements is enough to be able to tap back to that first woman, whether her name was Eve. Mm. a lot in the female system that's wired up for this transmission. And women
0: have become so masculine. Mm. I wanted to embrace more masculine at one point because I almost felt like the feminine was weak. So mm. that is a huge thing, I think, that I've discovered that being feminine has its own kind of strength. Yes. So I have now chosen to embrace the feminine in that strength.
1: Yes. The feminine also has this strong leaning towards the mystic, the mystical, the mystery. And sometimes, you know, in our social media, that part's not emphasized. We think feminine is sexuality, beauty, enticement, sultriness. You know, I am wild. I run through the forest. I am wild. But what about this mystic, this, you know, who doesn't need permission or recognition from any other source. She's outspoken, she's unpredictable, spontaneous, joyful, creative, playful, sassy, intelligent, powerful, quiet. Unapologetic. Yeah. I love that. That to me is the feminine. That's like taking the, the, the reins of the feminine and saying, okay, girl, let's go, let's gallop.
0: I think that in the book that I am reading, the fierce, that fierceness, because we sometimes see fierce or fire as
1: negative yeah. and frightening and abrasive. Out of control. Yes. yes, 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 yes. It's okay to offend people, it's okay. It's not okay to injure. Mm. So, you know, uh, the little snowflake culture. It, it's so easy to say the words, you have just offended me. Well, Sophia might say, and, <laughs> but should my words injure you? Oh my God, that's totally different ball game. But to be offended, that's okay, because maybe there's some scaffolding. Maybe there's some wiring in that beautiful brain of yours that needs to come undone. The fierce. Feminine Rising,
0: which is only one of so many of your books, but this is the one that I really, oh my God. I mean, I want to read all of your books. I, and not only that, I got to listen to your beautiful voice on Audible. Yeah. Um, and you, yeah, it's just, it's beautifully done. But you I was, I was, oh my gosh. I, I literally wish that I could take your entire chapter on boundaries and just post it for all to see. The entire chapter, though, would have to go because all of it was so amazing and so powerful. But women have not had boundaries.
1: No. Until now. Yes, yes. I mean, I will be totally honest. Everything I write about is coming in through the vision. It's not being lived. You know, it's part of my wish list. I hear it. I hear the wisdom in everything. I I feel the quality of, of these messages. But don't you be thinking for one moment that I'm living this pristinely, 100%. I'm not, I'm, I'm struggling and grappling myself. And boundaries is a big one. So and important.
0: self-trust, self-trust.
1: Yes. yes. You
0: know, there are these major, you know, I would say collectively for women, you know, yes. like boundaries, um, also, you know, codependency, all of these mm-hmm. things. I believe truly like your book is, I mean, I sent it to all of the women who are powerful in my life because I felt like, you know, we all are continuing to work on these things. We know this, but the way that you were gifted the words for this book was so powerful. I mean, I well, felt
1: Sophia in.
0: A- I can't wait to read the rest of your books.
1: I think I really do put it down to menopause, like I said at the beginning of the book. This all started <laughs> with those hot flashes and the the breaking down of my persona mm. and the edgy and the real coming forward, and yeah. of course, you know I covered a lot of sorrows of the world, oh, you know you've wow. got a rescue hen right now, tucked under my arm. I could
0: not eat pork after I read your. <laughs>
1: You're I when i had to sit through those documentaries to actually find the energy and the words that mapped the energy of what i was feeling when i was watching that live footage of factory farming that that was
0: horrific
1: that was also a gateway into her realm but a different kind of one it's kind of like, yeah, it's like you know the temple of Delphi, know thyself, mm. you want to know thyself where there's this part of you, and there's this part of you, mm. and this is the worst of the worst, and this is the best of the best and and if you really want this big journey, you've got to be able to stomach it all because by stomaching it all you will get to Eden. you have to know. How far you've deteriorated. Unconsciously, even. Yes. Yes, yes, yes.
0: If we're aware, then we get to choose. So being conscious to, you know, what we're putting in our body, you know, how it's affecting
1: other living things in the world, you know, trees, animals, all of the things. But it's important to come full circle. So, you know, years ago I was watching these documentaries on factory mm-hmm. farming. Now I have a little rescue chicken under my arm right now (laughs) I meet abattoir drivers they pull over on the side of the road they allow thousands of birds to be offloaded into women's trucks and cars who take them all over France so that these rescue hens get another chance to live again so and I don't have a problem with these people anymore. Yeah. This right. That. And I believe I that. that's what she go. was trying to show me. Do mm-hmm. not go into polarity. Do not go into duality. You're going to find no wisdom there. Okay. But <sighs> reach for that third option. Reach for where the two really, really battle seemingly against one another and go deeper. That's so, wisdom. Yeah. Now I'm like. I'm even involved in the industry in some way
0: and now you don't have issues with, them. you don't have issues with eggs like the rest of us do here in america i don't know if you like why do we have
1: issues with having to get eggs have you heard about this no but it kind of went a little bit that way in england is there an egg shortage right now here right yeah. now yeah right
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's just the thing. And I, I'm such a researcher. It's just who I am at heart. Like, I want to know, I want to know, I want to know. And, you know, sometimes you what you know, being in like, I am, you find very dark things when you. Oh,
1: uh, same here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wanted
0: to ask you sometimes, you know, you hear, and you do reference Sophia as the dark mother. Hmm. Why, you know, that sometimes scares people out. You know, I've heard people say that, oh, dark mother, you know, just when people hear like scalar energy as dark
1: matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes, yes. Another way of seeing this dark mother would be something like the Black Virgin or the Black Madonna. Mm-hmm. Again, France is home of mm-hmm. three quarters of all the Black Madonnas in the entire yeah. world. So there's a, another contemplation. Why? Why? Yeah. France, so renowned for its connection with Mary Magdalene and the Black Madonna. Mm-hmm.
0: Some people have called St. Sarah the Egyptian that went over with Mary Magdalene.
1: Yes, yeah, there is a St. Sarah Maybe. and St. Marie de la Mer, who is who is dark, a dark virgin. But you could say it's the other side of Mary Magdalene, although it's mm-hmm. represented by the other side of Mary Magdalene which is this aspect of Sophia that is willing and does go wherever one needs to go in order to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. So we know that Sophia has fallen profoundly, greatly. We know she's the mother of the demiurge, grandmother of the archons. So, you know, the burning question is, how is she going to make good again? And we need to examine what we think that word good is because it doesn't mean bright and it doesn't mean light and it's not the other side of the polarity. It's something in between. And the dark mother is that part of us uh, willing to be taken through the hedge backwards, perhaps, to have our notions and ideas uh, shook from us, you know, like initiatory the creatrix. It's those moments in our life where we've we've lost control of everything, but something is in charge and we're going with it. That to me is the dark mother, whether it's a persona or a presence that's around us, or it's something we've become. We we are that right now. And also the other aspect of life at the moment, the, the protesting, the mm-hmm. war, the politics, you know, we're all, we've all got our sleeves rolled up right now. Oh. And so every, this whole sense of the collective working together to peel off and tear down. So there's the dark mother right there you know, being on the front line, addressing the uncomfortable conversation, s- you know, speaking truth to power. I feel it's a perfect blend of the both. It's the light that's coming into the DNA and awakening everything gracefully, beautifully, mysteriously. And then there's the gritty and the grainy and the hard and the rough and the wild of of being, of seeing Ah. Oh, You know our government, our politics, our Our earth, right? Yes, our earth, and that and that awful, awful thought: Is there anything that's true? Mm, Is anything? Is anyone? Is any establishment actually true? true. Finally, Mm -hmm. truth gets given merit again. We've been so uh, asleep. We don't even care whether it's true or not. You know, back in the days of flippancy, oh, that's probably fake news. Now it really bothers us. Why should there be fake news? Why should our political system be lying daily? Now we want truth. Mm -hmm. We demand it. We're actually searching for it. This is really good news, especially for those on the path of wisdom. That's your name change. <laughs> We're ready for the truth. We yeah. want some truth around here. This yeah. is wonderful and revolutionary and very, very exciting. And we do have help on the other side that is coming through very strong. Because, you know,
0: I have, you know, a spirit guide, you know, that I, well, it's so funny. He's a mute monk. And I've <laughs> had him years and I, <laughs> I finally get a spirit guide, and he's mute. <laughs> What's the chances? But do you have any spirit guides or are you spiritually led through this journey? Or how how do you reach Sophia?
1: My inner world is very minimal. (laughs) Holy Spirit, I have Christ. I have Sophia. That's it. But what I am paying more attention to on a daily and nightly ritual is the Aeons. So I'm wanting now to learn them by name, by presence, and call upon them in moments of need for particular tasks, which is what they are emanating anyway. I've been doing this now for a few years, and it's becoming very rich and very integrated. They're here to emanate. They're here to help us.
0: Well, they're almost like archetypes in some way. Like I know for myself, when I think about this mute monk, he represents something within my psyche, right? He represents a stillness. Yes. A safe space for me. Yes. I can say this is the same about Archangel Michael. He represents protection. Each one of these ands also have their own personification, their own unique essence. Yes.
1: Yes. When you say about your mute monk, I think (laughs) siege. So, siege is silence. She is the profundity of silence. Oh, really? All the mysteries that are in there, all the secrets that she's holding. Siege. I've never heard of her. S I G E. So, an aeon is a syzygy. So, a syzygy is like a partner in a couple. So, she's the feminine part. And she is silence. Mm -hmm. And then from the silence comes Epinoa, the the first thought. So I I just think your mute monk is holding that silence. Which
0: I needed. I've gone most of my life with all this clusterfuck in my brain, and stillness was definitely something I needed. And mm-hmm. so I'm glad that it came in spirit form to me. And then, you know, someone had suggested, well, maybe he took a vow of silence because that's yeah. what the monks would do. Yes. And actually, you know, throughout my Sophia journey, he hasn't been that present as he mm-hmm. was for the years. Yeah, yeah. She
1: stepped forth, and she's just a power to reckon with. She's taken up all the space.
0: <laughs> she really did. My kids—they're so sick of me talking about Sophia. <laughs> And the mysteries, like you were just saying, you know, for someone who is a seeker Mm. who always wants to know more and research this and that. I mean, this the mysteries of, you know, the teachings in the Gnostic Gospels.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, reading a few sentences and then just passing out. Yeah. Especially if you're reading in bed at night, you know, those sentences are laden, absolutely laden with transmission. Yeah.
0: That was that's one thing. When I'm talking to people who have academically studied Sophia for a long time, Mm. you know, everything that I received was through my dreams and through synchronicity. Then I would read about it and, you know, the scriptures and I'd be like, oh my gosh. And that's where my validation would come from. There's so many different layers of Sophia. You know, sometimes it hasn't resonated with me, but I'm Mm. like, that's just probably the layer that I have not aligned with yet
1: yes yes yeah Yeah. there's quite a few you know back in the ancient times different mystery schools and my favorite is Valentinus you can feel the love in his tradition Uh, Valentinus was at the Library of Alexandria Mm -hmm. so that was his epoch that was his time and oh my god I would have loved to have been part of that time. Maybe you were. (laughs) I think so, maybe, because I've got a real thing about books and being a librarian. (laughs) He'd nailed the love element too. Whereas the other schools, fascinating, turn to them often, but it's just logic, 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 logic. Whereas Valentinus, he was opening up with this material. And he had a passion, and and he was in love with her. You know, Mm -hmm. like King Solomon, he was in love with this source, this stream of wisdom. Mm -hmm. So if I was around at the Library of Alexandria, I have a funny old feeling I would have gravitated towards him big time.
0: Yeah, (laughs) oh, my goodness. Let me yeah. ask you: Is Simon Magus is that a big part of your Sophia journey?
1: Because it's not for me. So no, it's I'm- not for me. He's popped in. Mm-hmm. Me too. Same. And I've done a little bit of research and went, mm, no. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not into magic. I don't care about magic. I'm not impressed. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I thank God that he lived. I thank God that he played such an impressive role. But he's not my thing.
0: Yeah, some resonate and some don't. But I think that that's just the thing. Those are just key people that happened to, you know, been written about or had left their mark about Sophia. How many didn't even realize? I look at the women in our history and I'm like, wow, she really embodied Sophia. I wonder if she even knew.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Probably
1: not, probably, absolutely not.
0: Right, it's so foreign. Even today, you know. And sometimes they're like, "What? Is, wait, who are you talking about, Sophia?" What? I, I can never undo this. This has been such a beautiful blessing
1: in my life. Yeah, yeah. I have a little tale passed down through the the path I'm on. So if you imagine Saint Peter at the mm-hmm. pearly gates with his little clipboard and long <laughs> list of names. And you've got a very long queue of very scared, very vulnerable little souls because they've mm-hmm. only just passed over and no one knows whether their name's on the list. And so Peter is taking his job very, very seriously and like saying, yes, in you go. Yep, you're on, you're on. Oh, mm-mm, you're not on. Off you go. And so if you can imagine those little souls that have been given the off you go, you don't know where you're going. You're just floating around. Where am I going? Where am I going? Um, so along comes Sophia with her huge dress, her mantle, and she extends her mantle to all the little souls that have been rejected and says, climb onto the bottom of my dress. And crawl all the way up to my waist, you know, to my belly, to my breast. And all the little souls cling on like ants. And she goes past St. Peter. She goes through the pearly gates. She goes through the Elohim and the cherubim and all the other angels. She goes into the throne room and she drops the little souls into the lap of God. Mm -hmm. And then Peter comes in, all frustrated, and says to the nameless one, I don't get it. You gave me this job. I'm doing it well. Every single day, she goes and gets the ones I rejected, and she brings them to the center of the heavenly realm. Can you explain what's going on around here? And the nameless one just shrugged his shoulders and went, that's Sophia. (sighs)
0: I love that more than anything. Oh,
1: my gosh. There's No no little soul gets pushed away. There's no place such as hell. Mm -hmm. And even if you do momentarily get pushed away, you are going to be rescued by the be-all and end-all and taken way beyond the pearly gates and deposited into the lap of God for a very personal and very intimate meeting.
0: You are such one of her children of light <laughs> oh. for sure she will have a special welcome for you oh. um, well hopefully not for a long time yeah yeah as we move into our crown
1: where did you get that so the, remember it? i said Oshun, oh, the lady yeah. who spoke the Gnosis, yeah. you could, so she gave she orally gave it to me rosamond gave it to her it's an oral story of sophia Oh my god. I And I it's it. like you instantly know her. You instantly know her heart. I just love that it was Peter too cuz I have such beef with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I love it. Oh my yeah. gosh. You're such a beautiful soul and a gift to this world. You are definitely a gift to me. Thank
1: oh, you so much. I hope you come out here. Oh. I I think I'm going
0: to make it, like, I don't have a bucket list, but it will be the bucket.
1: (laughs) I'll be waiting, my friend. I'll be waiting. (laughs) Yeah. So tell our listeners where they can find you. You can find me probably just on Facebook and Instagram. I can't really be bothered to do the other social media (laughs) platforms. Website, Anaya Sophia. So the old name, AnayaSophia.com. You'll find everything there. Although. Aletheasophia.com is coming in March. Okay, a okay. big all singing, all dancing new website. You'll find me if you want to find me. You'll find me. And you do
0: workshops.
1: Workshops. And- do, a, do a fair bit online. I'm starting to go back out now and travel and get myself to places. Are you? Yes. Yeah. Right. Where, where are you oh, going? Where, where well, it, where are you at going? the moment, it's just European cities. Because, um, you know, obviously with this house, I've been very much, you know, tethered to the place. Yeah. You know, I used to do once a year, I used to go down the West Coast. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. Dropping in. Well, if you ever do. Yeah, if you ever do, let me know. Yes, I will. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: now it's time to break that shit
1: down. I would say that there is a great and invisible and intelligent hand placed upon the rudder of life. And no matter what it looks like on mainstream media, we are going through intelligently, imaginatively, intimately, and creatively through a necessary and inevitable rite of passage. So we can just let go of the control factor. A very wise hand is at the helm.
0: Mm, yes, I hope that people are open to receive that.
1: I hope so too.
0: Mm, I just love you. Thank you so much for
1: blessing love me you with too, this. My lovely. <laughs> and I would love to continue to learn from you and read your books. i going to go listen to more yeah. of you.
0: Oh, thank you. What is your recent book, though, that you just put out recently?
1: Well, The Grail King is mm-hmm. actually about two months away, and it's part two of this Rose Knight trilogy, which is the Pistis Sophia. Mm-hmm. So I'm retelling the Pistis Sophia today, with today's circumstances, today's recognizable people. So that's that should be out for the summer solstice. Okay, awesome. God, you are such a creatress, aren't you? Got nothing else to do. (laughs) (laughs) Just Uh, live in the beauty
0: of the Pyrenees. I love it.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. May the grace of the Holy Sophia be with you always. Thank you. You as well.
0: I would like to thank you and our special guests for being with me today. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. And visit my website at www.mysenseofsoul.com. That's mysenseofsoul.com. I hope that you will join me next time. Thanks for listening.